In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christian, all of your sin is forgiven. We say that every week, multiple times within the divine service. We begin with the declaration of forgiveness of sins. We eat the Lord's Supper and receive forgiveness of sins. We remember our baptism and how it brought us forgiveness of sins. You have forgiveness of all your sin. With our gospel lesson as it is this morning, it is worthwhile for us to take stock of what that means. All of your sin has been forgiven by Jesus. Every last sinful thought, action, or word that should separate you from God from all eternity, Jesus has shed his blood for. You had piled up a pretty tremendous debt before God with your sinful actions, more than you could ever pay. And so Christ paid it off for you in full, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, innocent suffering and death, so that you could be his own precious child with the promise that one day, you'll live with him in his kingdom. All your sin paid for. Do you realize how huge that is? Hell was turned into heaven, death into life. Separation from God, no more. Instead, you're adopted into his family. An insurmountable debt paid by Jesus. Praise God. And now what? Now what for you? How do you behave as a result of this great and glorious gift of forgiveness from God? Well, you forgive others. When your brother sins against you, you forgive. When your child leaves a Lego on the stairs and you discover it barefoot in the middle of the night, you forgive your child. When your spouse sins against you and asks you to forgive, you forgive. Whatever the sin committed against you is, you forgive it no matter what. No matter how bad you think it is. No matter how bad you're hurt. 
After all, your sin, which was bad, which hurt God, and hurt others, Jesus has forgiven. Well then, how much must we forgive? Should we forgive the first offense? The second offense? Maybe even the third time? St. Peter asks Jesus in our Gospel lesson, what about seven times? That's a nice round number. Jesus even replies, seven times, seventy times. Does that mean the 491st offense? Now you're in for it. Well, how much has God forgiven you? Has he forgiven you more than 490 times? Of course he has. To drive this point home, Jesus tells us a parable about a wealthy king who is owed an unpayable debt. 10,000 talents of silver. A talent is 73 pounds. I looked it up on Friday. Friday's silver price was $17 per ounce, which means this man owed $170 million to the king. A hundred and seventy million dollars. Could you pay that back? What would your monthly mortgage payment for that be? How about the interest alone? So the slave who owes this amount falls on his face. He begs for mercy. He begs compassion. And the king is eager to give forgiveness. He forgives the debt free and clear, no more owed. It's a great, tremendous gift completely from the mercy of the king. It is mercy, isn't it? Don't think that the king benefits from this forgiveness. Don't you think it would have been better for the king to have $170 million sitting in his bank account? He could hire 2,500 Pastor Molines and Pastor Poppies for that amount. If he put it in a savings account and collected the interest, it would be $11 million a year. He's not gaining in his forgiveness. It's a complete action of mercy. The king's cost for this forgiven debt 
is bigger than any one slave could ever pay him back. He is a tremendous gift. So now what? How should this servant live, having been forgiven? Not the way that he actually does live. This servant, having been forgiven $170 million, an unpayable debt, when he goes forth in his life, runs into someone who owes him and is unable to show the same mercy. He's unable to show the same compassion, unable to forgive. Well, what's he owed? A few denarii, maybe $350. He's been forgiven $170 million, but cannot forgive $350. And what's more, he grabs the one who owes him by the neck, as pictured on the front of your bulletin cover, and chokes him sends him to the debtor's prison, demanding that he pay every last cent. The measure that's been extended to him, he does not extend to others. Do you see the problem? A man who's been given everything given back his life, his welfare, his family, can't do the same for another. And how does the master act upon hearing this? He takes the first sinner, debtor, and throws him into prison until all 170 million are repaid And that's the end of the parable to which Jesus adds his own word. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Those are hard words. Do you remember how we began this sermon? Taking stock of what God has done for us, how he's forgiven us, what sins have been wiped away, cleansed from before God's presence for you. How much has God forgiven you, dear Christian? All of your sin, thought, word and deed God has forgiven in Jesus. Taken them away from you as far as the east is from the west. Every spot that was upon your soul washed away by the blood of Jesus 
shed willingly from a cross. The Son of God even prayed for you. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You are forgiven. All your sin. And with our parable, Jesus now asks, How then do you behave? You forgive others also. Completely. Totally. No matter what the offense, no matter how many times sinned against, no matter when or how or where or why someone sins against you. You forgive because you've been forgiven. That's what Christians do. It's not easy. It's not simple. It's not pain-free. You see, on this side of heaven, we still have our old sinful nature within us, fighting and struggling against our Christian nature. That old sinful nature does not want to forgive. That old sinful nature wants to hang on to the sins that have been committed against us to remember them, to bring them back at the right time so that it might benefit us. To say, do you remember when you... Our old sinful nature wants to forgive on our terms when penance has been paid, when the other has done something good to outweigh the bad. Our old sinful nature says, that person's sinned too grievously against me. I could never forgive. The old sinful nature says, that hurt too much, I'm scarred for life. The old sinful nature says, that wasn't a big sin. Don't sweat it. God's got bigger fish to fry. Our old sinful nature says, it's too shameful. Don't think about it anymore. Dear Christian, your sins are forgiven, and Christians forgive as they have been forgiven. Failing to forgive someone else is sin. It breaks the second commandment because it's misapplying God's name. It's using it the wrong way. 
using God's name rightly means applying the sacrifice of Jesus properly over every sin as Jesus says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. When you, dear Christian, fail to forgive, it's only Jesus' blood that covers that sin. You are forgiven 100%. Your sin is washed away by the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. You are forgiven all your sin. And that same word that's true for you is true for your neighbor. When they sin against you, they're forgiven. Dear Christians, Christ has died for all once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. All sin is forgiven by the Lord. The small sins, the big sins, the medium sins. Your sins are forgiven. Your neighbor's sins are forgiven. And in our gospel lesson for today, our Lord begs us to realize this truth, to live accordingly, to act like when Jesus says their sins are forgiven, that's real. It's true. Jesus is begging you to use his name properly. I forgive you for Christ's sake. I forgive you because I have been forgiven. Forgiven enough to have room to spare to forgive you. It's hard. It's difficult. Times will fail. I need to return again to the forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. It is hard to forgive sins. That's why we pray it so often in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Your sin is forgiven. Your neighbor's sin is forgiven. How much should you forgive? Every chance possible. Every sin was paid for. Live like that's true. Be eager to forgive your neighbor. Be glad to be forgiven yourself. And in the forgiveness, seek not to break God's word any longer. Live in the forgiveness that Jesus gives. And extend that forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
This time we continue our service by singing together the offertory.